Well, you can open up to the 19th Psalm and the first verse. That's the first place that we will be tonight among several. Glory to God. What, what is the glory of God? We, you know, I heard that spoken back and forth between Christians. Um, you know, before I was a Christian, and I even said it, and I said it after I became a Christian, I really didn't know exactly what I was saying. What is the glory of God all about? We're, we're going to try to talk about it tonight. That's kind of what I think we're going to have is just a, a talk, maybe. Might, we, we might start preaching, but we're just going to talk about and hopefully leave with this one refreshing or one learning one point, and that is... You know, what is the glory of God? We're, we're going to try to define it for a few minutes, and then, then we're going to talk about it from the Bible um, and, let, and let nature kind of teach and help us to absorb what the glory of God is. Not only nature, but us, you and I, there's something about the glory of God that's related to us, and then we might uh, consider Christ, of course, and the glory of God. And, and, and there's a, something to understand about our conduct in relation to the glory of God and our purpose. Count, count your blessings. And Seth said a blessing was that we have a purpose in life, and we're going to connect a purpose to the glory of God, and maybe it will help us to understand it more. Uh, just a couple of short statements for us to think about the glory of God. What, what does that mean? How, how about this? How about the display of the divine qualities of God to be seen? The, disp the display of the, the character of God. Um, or, to, or to say something like that another way, the expression of the holiness of God. We might think of infinite perfections when we think of the glory of God. Pure and unchanging righteousness. God's glory. How about this, when we think of the glory of God? How about how He lives through us? His glory. Just a general definition of, of glory, an exercise of something that shows its very best, or that shows its excellence. We'll go to the Bible in the 19th Psalm and the first verses we get started without anyone looking at their Bibles. Does somebody want to quote that verse as we get started? Who can quote it for us? The heavens 
I, I knew I'd hear someone quote that. That's, that was in vacation Bible school, I believe it was, in the Bible drills before I got fired from duties in that department. Uh, man, I really enjoyed that. I, I'm going to put an application for that again. Okay, let's get down to business. It's the glory of God. Let me say this. It's all around us. The, the, the quote was, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. The heavens show us the glory of God. Someone said that the sun, moon, and the stars are God's traveling preachers, sharing the glory of God, exposing, displaying the glory of God. We have God's Word. We have the book of Scripture, if you will. And nature serves as a book, if you will, of God's glory. God has made known His glory by the things that He has made. God has shown His glory. The invisible God has made Himself visible, has made His glory known by all that He has made. All creation and all nature, all around us, that's God's glory and it's surrounding us. No one has an excuse. Everyone is exposed to the glory of God. Everyone can know that there is a God. And some of you know where I'm probably going. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 19 it says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. And before I read verse 20, I have this written in my Bible. God has spoken to us through the scenery. It says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Unbelievers will be speechless before God. There is no excuse when we look out at nature. We see that there is a God and there is the display of the glory of God all around us. God is real and we become familiar with His glory by what we see that He has created uh, that surrounds you and I. You know, the earth is beneath our feet, the plants... And the animals, they are all around us. The sky is above us. There's the bodies of water. There's the rocks and the crystals. The, the formation of rocks and all of this is the glory of God all around us. What is the glory of God? It's, 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 it's seeing God in His handiwork. And it's, it's seeing what God has done. But I'm not going to be here long, but let me just say this. The glory of God, it's also in us. And you don't even have to turn here. I'll read 1 Corinthians eleven seven for you. It says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. 
Man was created for the glory of God. His, his glory is upon us and the fact that He created us. But we might also think about the glory of God and, and to understand it. How about this? The glory of God is beyond us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone in here can probably quote Romans 3.23. That, that's where that is. Romans 3.23. You already know it. But, but do we ever put emphasis on that? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let's use that, that that we might absorb a little more about what the glory of God is all about. Jesus is the fullness and the brightness of the glory of God. Jesus does not come short of the glory of God. He is perfectly holy. He is perfectly righteous. But no man has ever attained unto the glory of God. So, so let it, what, what did I say in the beginning? Think of infinite perfections. Think of perfection when you think of God's glory. And then when we look at this verse, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of of God. Everyone but Jesus has fallen short of it. Glory is about the perfection of God. Jesus achieved it. Therefore, it appears through Jesus. The brilliance of Jesus is the perfection, the wholeness, the fullness of the glory of God in Him. It, we do not appear yet as Jesus does. We all fall short of the glory of God, but not Jesus. But in speaking about that, Jesus completely manifested the glory of God. I'm, I'm going to use the verse to, to speak from this. We're not going to get into this verse. Uh, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What God is, is made to be seen in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. Christ perfectly reveals the glory of God. To see or know anything about God has to be seen through Jesus Christ. True knowledge of God that matters. There's a general knowledge of God and somebody might, might accidentally be able to answer something right or answer something so general, general it doesn't make a, a, a difference in things. To know anything about God, it is going to come through Jesus Christ. All knowledge is going to come through Him. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God, it says, is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the light from God. His mission was to reveal the Father's glory to this world, to mankind. We, we don't realize it, and 
And there's nothing for you to necessarily picture in your mind. But when the Lord Jesus Christ saved our soul, we had an experience of the glory of God. We came before the glory of God. When the Lord saved us, His glory shined about in our hearts. Jesus completely manifested the glory of God. What, what is the glory of God? I, I hope some of these things help. How about this? The glory of God, it is seen by faith. Concerning Lazarus and Lazarus dying and, and before he was raised from death, Jesus says to Martha in John chapter 11, and verse 40. Let me back up to 38. It says, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was, that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. It rejoices the Christian's heart to see the glory of God. What did the, the man that was born blind, it wasn't his sins or his parents, but that the works of God might be manifest in him, or, and that has to do with God's glory. It rejoices the Christian's heart in the experience or the activity of God showing His glory. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful occasion. No sight measures up to what we can see through the eyes of faith. It takes faith to see the glory of God. Unbelief, unbelief will hinder us from seeing God's glory. There, there is something that we get to see of God's glory in this life, and, and we're hindered by doubt. It's a wonderful thing to have, to see the glory of God through the eyes of faith. Moses prayed to the Lord, and he, and he beseeched Him, show me your glory. Glory. How about this? A visible display of the invisible perfections of God. Whatever this might do for you tonight, I don't know. There was a time, I never preached anything like this before, but there was a time where I didn't have an answer for what is the glory of God. A visible display of His invisible perfections. You know, when, when Martha doubted, about Lazarus, she was very unsatisfied. She was not blessed. She had no contentment. She had great sorrow over this. But the Lord showed His glory in the raising of Lazarus and caused hearts to rejoice. The glory of God causes you and I to rejoice. We have seen the Lord's salvation by faith, but if we fall into doubt, oh, how that will hinder us from, 
from the great vision we can have by faith, if you will, to be able to see the glory of God. Many people say they want to see the glory of God. I want want to see the glorious works of God like before. I, I, I want to see the glory of God in my life. I want to see the glory of God shine about in this church. Well, if we really want that, how about we, we grow in faith? God has given us something to do to grow in faith. How, how do we grow in faith? Well, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's not just to come to faith. You know, we're, we, we, are, we, we are saved. We can, someone can be saved by, by the Bible giving us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible gives us faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We continue to be in the Word of God and we continue to grow in faith. And to, and to be walking in a measure of faith will open our spiritual eyes to be able to see the glory of God. The unsaved, they cannot see the glory of God. But this is something that the child of God can see. The, the unsaved, they don't understand that at all. But we get to see the glory of God. It's something that believers see by faith. The glory of God. How about this? How about it coming personal in our lives? The the Bible does that with the glory of God. It's something that is seen more and more in our lives. And a a deep verse we're not going to go into depth about, but, but use it for the point is 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. It says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of our God. How about that? The glory of God is something that is seen more and more in our lives. As we grow in Christ, there's a reflection of the glory of God that will come from our lives. We we are not perfect. We shall never be perfect this side of heaven. But the perfection of Jesus Christ will have a reflection of off of our lives, and it's going to be God's glory as we are ever increasing and we are maturing in Him. You know, we, we are undergoing spiritual transformation. It's a process we're in in this life. And, and we're not transforming and changing ourselves, but the Holy Spirit of God is changing you and I as, as we go. And we're being changed from glory to glory. God's glory is seen through our lives. We cannot touch this process. This is something that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. I could sure stop there a second. Sean, Sean Druid asked me. It sounds like something maybe he asks every preacher. I, I don't know. But he said, what is, a, what is a truth that has just really affected your life? And, and easily I quickly said, 
when I learned that it wasn't in me to be able to successfully live the Christian life, but that the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to live the Christian life. It must have been the 60th time I was taught that truth that the light went on and, and, and the, my mentor teaching me, he saw the light come on and he said, you finally got it. After 60 times or 70 times, you got it. It is not you. You don't have the ability to live the Christian life, but Jesus through us, my, the Holy Spirit through us. And, and he thought he would teach me that in the beginning of my Christian life because of all the problems and all the misery that Christians go through in the struggle and the failure that we have in living the Christian life. And the reason why is because we can't do it in and of ourselves. That's why the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, has been given to us. He has come to live inside of us that we might surrender to Him Give Him the steering wheel, and He will lead us in living the Christian life. And in saying that, we are changed from glory to glory. So I say we can't touch this process. But it's a process that the Holy Spirit of God makes in our lives. He makes changes in our lives. One person said from, from one degree of glory to another and do what you will with that um, bottom line we have greater and greater experiences and greater reflections of the glory of God from our lives as we mature and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ we reflect his glory and this is a progressive thing that we have that happens to us in our lives it, it goes on and on and it's never ending when we look to Christ we reflect his glory we must set our gaze upon him if you have some favorite TV show that you are fixed on you are obsessed with you have a favorite actor in that show Careful, you start acting like him. Or you'll start acting like her. Whoever, whoever we fix ourselves on, that's who we're going to act like. So we set our gaze upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the glory of God shows more and more from our lives. Our true nature now, as a child of God, is we have a divine nature. And, and, and it's revealed more and more by the glory of God out of our lives. It's kind of like a caterpillar and the transformation to a butterfly. There's a transforming that's always going on in our lives while we're here. So we become more like the Lord from one stage of glory to another. And it's seen in us. We see it. We, by faith, we see the glory of God. As we grow, the glory of God is seen in us. And, and let's say this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. The glory of God is the goal of our behavior. And so it says in this verse, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. What does our character 
say about us? What is reflected by our words, our actions, whatever we do? Something's reflected. The child of God has a goal. We have a goal for our behavior. There is an aim that we have, and that is the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it unto the glory of God. Our aim is to reflect His character and His ways in all we do. The places we go, the words that we say, the company we keep, we are empowered by God to pursue the aim and to have the standard of our character being His glory. The enabling He gives for this, it helps us to walk in humility, to walk in love, to walk in self-sacrifice. That glorifies God. That glorifies God. Amen? That's the glory of God. That's the standard, okay, of our behavior. The glory of God. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given us for an offering, given Himself for an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. If that's our standard, if that's what God has given us, the goal of our behavior, of our conduct, His glory, that it glorifies Him. Man, you know what that'll do? That'll cut out a lot of problems for you. That'll cut out a lot of drama among Christians because... What, what are the questions that can be asked? What are the thoughts that, that can be thought? Is it really so bad if I do this or that? You know, I'm, going, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Is it really going to cost me a lot? Is it really going to hurt if this is something I do? What we need to be asking is, will this help me to grow in Christ? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I have this mindset? Will it help me to grow in Christ? Or here it is. If I do this, will it bring glory to God? That puts on the brakes. That's a good question that we all need to ask. We must ask that. It'll put on the brakes in time of temptation. It's not okay to do whatever we want to do. It's not okay to do whatever we feel like doing. I remember saying that about... 16 or 17 years ago, and I, I repeated myself. It's not okay to do what we want to do. 
when it comes to doing all we do for God's glory, it will have us to lay aside questionable things. And that's going to be good for our lives. And that's going to take some problems out of our lives. There's some problems that we can't bypass. There's some problems we can't do anything about. We're going to face them. But when we're fixed on the glory of God, if the standard for everything that comes up is the glory of God, we're going to have less problems. You know, just, you know, you put clothes on a mannequin. Those clothes don't belong to the mannequin. The clothes are put on the mannequin to be displayed. You know, man, I, I knew when it was time to take Kinley home from the mall because he, he started talking to the mannequins and hanging out with the mannequins. And I knew it was time to go. You, okay, we're, but... The clothes on a mannequin, they're displayed on that mannequin. That, that they might attract others to buy it. Clothes on a mannequin attract the customer to the clothes that are placed upon it. Glory is God's glory. It's God's glory. And He has clothed our lives with it that it might attract others to give Him credit, that it might attract others that they might be saved. The glory of God. It's our purpose in life. Again, verses that you're all familiar with, 1 Corinthians and the end of chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We've kind of been going from information into instruction concerning the glory of God as it affects us and relates to us. You know, we are helped to pursue our purpose by the Spirit of God living in us. We've, we've talked about that, and we see it again here in this verse. Without Him, there's no possibility of glorifying God. But the Holy Spirit living within us, we're able to glorify God. It is our purpose to glorify God. And He has given us the power to be able to live a life to glorify Him. God makes us His own. He purchases us and He gives us a purpose. We have the purpose of glorifying God in our lives. The purpose that we've been given, it's not an option. It's not just that exceptional tier for a Christian that, wow, they're living for the glory of God. That's the purpose for every single Christian. It's the only reason why we're kept here after being saved. We don't have the right to do whatever we want. God owns us now. And when we submit to the owner, 
It shows forth by the way we live. And God's glory is going to be shown through us. God, God is pleased. When we live for His glory, which is a miracle and a possibility for saved sinners to be changed by the Lord from glory to glory, and it's possible for us to live for His glory, it is our purpose that we live for His glory. And God is pleased. God becomes pleased with us when our lives are lived for His glory. What was verse 20? One more time. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Maybe we can understand glory and, and this personal application of living for God's glory like this. You want to build a house. Some church members have built a house in the last couple of years. You want to build a house. And you and and brother George, we want to upgrade all the materials. Everything better. We want we want beautiful earth tone brick, the prettiest earth tone brick there is. Brother George starts building the house and the bricks are turquoise and pink and green and blue, we paid a high price for the good stuff and he's using cheap material to build that house that we paid out for. Junk materials used. Jesus paid a high price for our sins. God gave His only begotten Son to pay our sin debt. He gave His best. He gave all. He paid a high price and puts us on a new foundation, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, to build on that foundation. Jesus has every right to say, I paid for you with a high price. Watch how you build on that foundation. It's to be a reflection of me. You are now a representative of me. He can say, I don't want junk material. When I, when, when I paid the highest price for you to build, for you to have a new life in me and build. Build for the glory of God. Well, again... The glory of God. It started out with information and, and it ended on some personal instruction for you and I. You and I are involved in the glory of God. May, maybe we've been refreshed tonight. Maybe we have a better understanding on what the glory of God is. It's obviously important. It's our, it's our purpose in life. You know that... That has spoken to many hearts I've heard in testimony before about a purpose in life. People have, have realized that they just kind of draw zero, draw blank. It's just blank. It's just empty concerning purpose in life. And that's because God gives that. But you don't get saved to get a purpose in life. 
the reason for getting saved. You get a purpose in life when you get saved, but the reason for getting saved is to realize that we are sinners before a holy God. And, and we will not be accepted as we are. We can't do our best. We can't live a good enough life. But to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who did satisfy God with his life. And how about this? You know, there are people in religion everywhere. And they're planning to present their own life before God. And they've tried to do good in the world. But how about the assurance of being able to present the life of Jesus Christ before God when you stand before God. That's what you get to do when you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because He paid for all of our sins. If you liken standing before God to a courtroom, Jesus Christ is the attorney and He's never lost a case for anyone who has picked Him up as, as their attorney. And so, would you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight? It, 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 beyond being saved from our sins, then we have a purpose in life. We have the glory of God as our aim. We are enabled to be able to give satisfaction to the glory of God by the empowering of Him through our lives. What is the glory of God? I, I pray that there's something that has been helpful, useful to you tonight, and um, use it for God's glory in, in some way. And let us pray. Father God in heaven, we bow before you again tonight. It's, it's so good to be back in your house. It's good to be with uh, family, Lord, and, and I thank you for this church family. I thank you how, for how we have been bound together, Lord, and I thank you for the unity that we have. And Lord, I, I thank you for, for your glory. You have shown us your glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, and you have affected us with it, Lord. And dear God, there's, an important, there's such an importance in it as we share tonight and that that is our purpose, that we live our lives for your glory and we understand what we mean when we say that. And Lord, if there's someone tonight who understands that they're a sinner and they are lost without Jesus Christ with no hope. Lord, we pray that they would trust in you as their Lord and Savior tonight, be saved from their sins and have a home in heaven. We pray all of these things tonight in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If everyone could please stand.